it's recording. Okay. We can cover up this, right? Well, it's we can edit this out, right? Yeah. Okay, but no, we can't edit this out because Haley's not here. So, welcome to just another murder cast. Um, I'm at the beach. Haley's not here. So, I have Jordan and then Jared and Kayla. Say hello. Hi. Hi. Jared's thrilled to be here. Um, are you going to do our intro, like the music? <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, we can't pay for copyright. <laughs> Sorry. So, Jordan is going to stand in for Haley and tell us a murder this week. Are you excited? Yes, I am. I'm very nervous. I'm kind of like Ricky Bobby right now. I don't know what to do with my hands. You're not first or last. uh, But, yeah, that is true. So, I'm going to kick your ass and rock, paper, scissors. But I'm representing Haley, apparently, as like a sub. So, that sucks for her. All right. Are we ready? I'm ready. Our dogs are also uh, fighting continuously in the background. So, you might hear some uh, yelling at people. Well, we don't Which yell is not at people, people. we yell at the, the dogs. The dogs, but, you know. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, rock, paper, scissors, ready? Yeah. Rock, rock, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. You win, you go first. Alrighty. Hey, hey, be quiet on the set. Alright. Hey, hey, hey. No. Alright. Isn't this fun? We have live podcasting down in the underground world is like you have all this noise in the background air conditioning and dogs and everything oh god so okay all right tell us your murder so my murder first of all the reason i picked my murder is because it happened on my birthday but not so but not the year it was a couple years afterwards but it still happened on my birthday so jared is thrilled (laughs) let me tell you so let's take you back we'll do time machine again we're okay. swirling through, clocks are flying by, people doing this in like fast motion, yeah, slow motion, but we're going backwards. <laughs> but we're going backwards. Yeah, that's the whole fun point of it. Remember, you got to videotape it every once in a while. Yeah. So we're going back to May 31st of 1993. Okay. So May 31st, that first of all, it's not my birthday, but this is where it all starts out. Okay. So it starts out on May 31st, 1993. The bodies of Charlie Dixon, Jason Hampton, who was also Charlie's fiance and Teresa Gale Taylor are found in three separate locations in Ware County, Georgia, which is like a way cross. Okay. So it's actually like just south of uh, Savannah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so they're all found in three separate locations, two of them in a wooded area and one of them in their house. So Charlie Dixon, she was found in the woods um, shell casings, um, I'm sorry, she didn't have shell casings found around her, but she did have semen in her rectum. And Jason Hampton was found near his truck in the area the locals know as the Lover's Lane. And there was 22 caliber ch- casings laying around him. And then Teresa... Did he have semen in his rectum? <laughs> um, it didn't say he might, but we're not quite sure. So, I mean, I that's, that's, that's open for debate. Okay. So, I mean, you know what it Jared is. was wondering. Where so, <laughs> yeah. So, I could tell it on his face. So, and then the Teresa Gale Taylor was found, like I said, in her home. Uh, she suffered a knife wound to her wrist, and she was also shot multiple times with a twenty-two caliber gun. Okay. So, uh, the only thing they were able to do is they were able to link together that the bullets from Jason and Teresa are the same okay. caliber. And we don't know probably, about the semen yet. And this, they took DNA from the semen. Oh, Believe okay. it or not, they could do that. But Fancy. We so they had to dig in his butt. 
Her butt. It was in her. Yeah, Charlie's a girl. Her butt. So, Charlie's 18 years old. She was actually murdered four days before she graduated. She was an honor student. That sucks. She was engaged to Jason Hampton. Right? That doesn't even get to graduate. So, and then, like I said, she's engaged with Jason Hampton. He's 19 years old. Uh, Teresa, she is 40 years old. Okay. So, um, she's also a girl. I couldn't tell by the name Teresa. Oh, good to know. So, um, but anyways, like, it kind of goes cold. They have nothing really else to work off. So they, they don't have any clues anywhere else, and it goes cold for about seven months. Um, seven months later, a man by the name of uh, Billy Daniel Rollerson, Rollerson uh, is arrested for aggravated assault and a weapons charge. Okay. So, um, he gets charged with this this aggravated assault and a weapons charge, and they come in, they ask him to do... Uh, Brody to, likes to be to picked make, up, not... Oh, jump on. <laughs> well, way to go because now we have to edit this all out. We're so not editing it out. We have to Just start going. all over again. So, anyways, nothing's getting edited. Okay, this is a one take podcast because Haley's not here and I don't edit. So, anyways, they asked Rollerson for a blood sample. Uh, he he uh, gives them permission, even signs a waiver to okay. let them take his blood. So they draw his blood and they book him into the jail. And they enter his uh, DNA into, like, the state system. Um, the state system comes up with a hit, and it matches the semen in Charlie Dixon's rectum. So, they go in there, and they start questioning him, because they kind of figure, you know, it's kind of weird that Charlie's dead, and her fiancé's dead. And then they kind of link the shells to Teresa as well. So, mm-hmm. it's like, well, there might be something with this. So they go talk to Mr. Rollerson. Um, they sit him down, start to interrogate him. They tell him what kind of DNA evidence they have and what's mm-hmm. linking them together. And he admits to the whole thing. He, he says that what happened was on the night of May 30th. So everyone had fun. They all stuffed their faces full of, you know, hot dogs on Memorial Day weekend. And... He went up to Lover's Lane. I just realized that your birthday is near Memorial Day. Yeah. Been that way. Been that way for 31 years now. We've been married for almost seven years. And I just realized that. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Only because you said it in a podcast. And we also (laughs) dated for a while before that, too. Yeah, we did. We dated. So, you know, it's just a little bit more than seven years. Yeah. I mean, we only knew each other for like three weeks before we got pregnant and get married. First of all, people don't know me. (laughs) They might think that that's true. Didn't happen. His mom Bible-thumped me. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, so, Rollison tells him what happened. He went up to Lover's Lane, and when he was up there at the the local Ware County Lover's Lane, he saw Jason Hampton's truck sitting there. So he sneaks up Jason Hampton's truck. Both uh, Charlie Dixon and Jason Hampton were inside the cab. He jumped up in the bed and started opening up and started shooting them, shooting at both of them. Uh, just so, out of nowhere? Just out of nowhere. Agreed. Charlie jumps out of the vehicle. She starts trying to run away from it. He shoots her and knocks her down outside the truck. He then gets down, pulls Jason out of the driver's seat, throws him down on the ground, shoots him twice in the head with twenty two caliber. It's not very nice. So, he goes back over, he gets Charlie, puts her into his car, which Charlie's still alive, by the way. She's not dead yet. 
So she, he puts her in the back of his car. He then goes and sees some fishing poles in Jason's truck. He's like, hey, those things, you know, I might want to go fishing later, so I might want to go ahead and steal. So he steals two fishing poles. You've already Jason's killed truck. someone. Might as well steal. Exactly, That's you know. Anymore. They're just right. going to go to waste. So we might as well, you know, use them. So he puts those in the back of his car. He hides Jason. Um, and then he gets back in his car and drives to another wooded area several miles away. Mm-hmm. So when he gets to this other wooded area, he pulls Charlie out of the car. Charlie's still alive again, and he shoots her a couple more times, killing her on scene, or on scene, where they are. Okay. So, after he kills her, he decides, you know what, I've gone this far. Well, it's one more thing. So, it's one more thing. So, he sodomizes her dead body. So... That takes a gross person. Right? Like, that's just, I'm like, no, that's, it, it was cold. Uh, the other thing they, they will conclude is that Charlie was alive until the last shot. So she was alive when he, she first got shot outside the truck, till she got kidnapped in the back of his car, till he pulled her out, shot her, killed her there. So, anyways, long day, you know, so he decides to go home. Um, so Mr. Long Robinson, day of murdering. Yeah. With his new fishing rods. With his new fishing rods. Yeah. We'll so he, head, he heads home um, the next day, um, the 31st. He goes back out to where he left Dixon at, Charlie Dixon. Um, but when he gets there, there's several people in the area, and it kind of scares him away. So he leaves that alone, doesn't go back to her. Um, I saw actually one article described her as his human sex puppet, which I thought was really uh. gross sounding. And uh, But uh, anyways, so he's like, well, I can't have my way again with a dead body, so let me go figure out something else to do on this 31st of May. So he drives out to another rural area of the county mm-hmm. um, and he wants to burglarize a house. So he comes by a house, he sees that there's no car in the driveway or in the carport. So he goes into to the backyard and he breaks into their utility shed which I, it's just, I wouldn't pick a utility shed first of all. It's like, And then what he steals is he steals frozen meat out of the freezer. He just hung. <laughs> like, he just hung. You know, but he just... got the f- teach a man to fish. You mm. feed him for a day. Well, apparently he didn't. Learn I mean, that. you <laughs> feed him for life. Well, they just gave him fishing steal, poles. Steal some meat. You only. <laughs> yeah. good for he's dinner. like. He's like. <laughs> you only get to eat that I don't have to fish for my food. I can just go steal it from someone else. Right. Or he was looking for. Right. After he murdered two people. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you got time. You know, it's kind of boring. So, so you know, it's rare. It's rural county rare. It's rare county. It's real rural. So, you know, not a lot to yeah, do. Not a lot to do. So, we're going to go stealing and murdering. and. So, well, anyways, well, he breaks into the utility shed. Forward, you know. He steals, he steals some meat out. Um, he's loading the meat into his car. Um, when he's loading the meat into his car, he uh, hears a noise from inside the house. And he realizes someone's home. And this is where he goes inside the house and finds Miss Teresa inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's armed with a kitchen knife. And she actually puts up a fight and starts fighting with him, resisting Good for him. Her. Yeah. So, and like I said, she's a forty-year-old woman, so she's not she's not a spring chicken, but she's not old by any means whatsoever. <laughs> I take that to you know, yeah. just, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, told me yesterday that I was closer to forty than I was thirty. Oh. Yeah. 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 So it's really weird to me to um, meet someone and have a actual intellectual conversation with them, and they're born after the year two thousand. Yeah. Like that really you know like they're able to drink it. now? Yeah. 
In the bag? I mean, <laughs> I just graduated. Like, last Yesterday. year. <laughs> yeah. God. I'm still a child. I still don't know what I'm doing. My body tells me I'm not a child. <laughs> Your child can drive without yeah. you in the vehicle. Our child, he's you know he's he's starting to get gray. He's he's senior now, according to the vet. I swear to fucking god, he is not senior. <laughs> By the way, my wife almost stabbed a vet to death because they said in two years the dog was gonna get his senior shots. <laughs> is that rude? <laughs> she could have been on the podcast. You could have been. The you could have been be about yeah, exactly. We could have been talking about you in Watkinsville, Georgia. There we go. Yeah. Well, I might stab you later. So <laughs> that is true. It's still out there, and they kind of you have connections. <laughs> you have connections, and it could be okay. Not here in Florida. <laughs> Not in Florida. I can't wait till we get back home. But, but yeah, back home. So, anyways, they fight. They struggle. Um, he ends up shooting Miss Teresa several times, and she also suffers a knife wound to the wrist. Um, they weren't quite sure the knife the knife wound could have been a fatal knife wound, um, or if it was the shots, the number of rounds that went into her. Um, but anyways, after he kills her, he takes her purse, gets in his car with his frozen meat, heads on back to the house. So, all that for some meat. Yeah. Not killed someone. It. Killed someone for me. Which, I mean, and then he's probably waiting to go back to see Miss Dixon, which they can't because she's discovered the next day. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so he tells them all this. He admits to all this is going down. So they're like, all right, well, I, th- I think we're going to charge him. We're going to, first of all, let's get a search warrant. So they get a search warrant. So they go to his house. And uh, at his f- house, they find, um, they find, the fishing poles that he stole from Jason Hampton. They identified that in his house. And they found a twenty two caliber parts to a twenty two caliber gun. So they take that gun and they do ballistic works on it and they match it to the shell casings left. Everybody knows get rid of the murder weapon. Right? Everybody knows that. Well you'll understand here in a second. Okay. So they matched the shell casings next to Jason Hampton's body mm-hmm. with a gun, as well as the shell casings that were at Miss Teresa's house. So they connect him to those two right there by just having the gun. Um, by the way, the gun was also stolen three weeks prior to the murders. So he just is a like he didn't just up and decide one day. No, he's a robbing motherfucker. <laughs> so, but so this is where it kind of gets a little interesting, and then kind of makes some sense when you start thinking about a little bit of it and this is also kind of where it gets controversial and so they find all this stuff yeah you know all the other stuff is just acceptable but so what happened and we actually had a conversation about this before um his attorneys immediately go out and have him tested his iq tested Mm -hmm. and they say his iq comes up to 69 which is like way below average Okay. So that doesn't they, mean you can go around killing people. So they call. Him, so they're saying, well, he's mentally retarded. Their words, not mine. So they they say he's mentally retarded, and he's guilty, but he was mentally handicapped, so he can't really carry the full weight of this. Um, you still can't go kill people. Well, so the prosecutors go in there and they find that when he was 15, he actually had an IQ that was 86, I believe. So, which is still low, but it's not like disability low. I bet it was 83. Yeah, 83. There it is. I knew <laughs> I wrote it down somewhere else. So, 
Anyways, it ends up being 83 when he was 15. So he got so. stupider over time. Well, it kind of, what they do is they kind of play, it's the kind of playment of court cases where, is what I think it is, where they're showing like, hey, um, this is him, he can't be, you know, handicapped, but they kind of sway their way a little bit. Um, and of course the prosecution's doing the same thing. They're kind of swaying it their way, but in the state of Georgia, it's on the defense to, to carry the burden of proof that they are mentally handicapped. So, and as far as the jurors were concerned, he didn't meet those requirements. So they try him, they convict him. Um, he's, he is charged with obviously three murders. Um, he's charged with kidnapping, burglary, Possession of a firearm during the commission of a crime and possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony and also necrophilia, which is the whole sodomizing while she was dead. That's the grossest part. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. That was another reason why it actually jumped out at me on Murder Pete. I'm surprised that. That died yeah. jumped out at you? <laughs> no. Who am I married to? You're married to a sick person. We listened. <laughs> we listened. The whole reason we started doing the podcast was A, Haley. But B, also, we're dead on the inside yeah, from working in EMS and fire. And so that we actually have to have a dark humor to, to all this stuff we're to come in. Yes. So um, I'm, I have to leave. I'm a little further yeah. along than most, too. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, anyways, they... Try convict him guilty of all that. Um, he's given three death sentences for every murder. Okay. So Killed this is this is yeah yeah right. So this is all in 1996. Okay. Is when this all he's he's uh, shown as guilty. I can't think of the right words. Convicted. convicted. There you go. That's the right words. So he's convicted. He's guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still to this day, from what I can tell, has still not been carried out and been euthanized. <laughs> euthanized? <laughs> like an animal. Because <laughs> he is an animal. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, he is. So, but he has a couple appeals, and like I said, it kind of got controversial, so we're kind of going to the appeals here a little bit. Um, the biggest thing, and basically what it all usually falls back into, is that he's mentally retarded. He keeps telling everyone, like, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, you can't hold me responsible for this. Listen, I um, have a dog that's a little special, but he doesn't go around killing people. Yeah, that is true. In fact, he loves people. So, mm-hmm. but, um, but anyway. gave him to me. Yeah. I did. <laughs> so, but anyways. Um, so they go into, like, the, um, DNA. He says that the DNA wasn't, um, obtained properly, that they didn't have a a warrant for it. Um, he signed giving them permission to take blood from him. Uh, he says that he can't be held responsible for signing the paperwork because he's mentally retarded. Court says, never mind, go fuck off, and still guilty. He files another appeal saying the search of his house was an illegal search, which it wasn't. They tell him to go eat dicks, run away. <laughs> they file another appeal, and, and he's working his way slowly up like the chain of courts, you know, and mm-hmm. even to the state Supreme Court and stuff like that. Um, he has another appeal that, uh, that like, his admission to everything should have been, um, um, what does it want to keep it? I can't thrown out? No, not thrown out, but they basically where they don't even bring it up at all. Um, and they're like, no, no, you, you can eat dicks. You, because he said that I kept asking for an attorney and they kept 
pressuring me, telling me I had to keep doing this. And they're like, no, not. And they had multiple people say, no, not, not at one time did you ask for an attorney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so, I thought about asking. Yeah. So, but anyways, so there's all this stuff kind of going around. Mm-hmm. He's still right now, every appeal that he's gone through is being thrown out. But it right now, it's still kind of going up the Supreme Court to see whether if the burden of proof is too high um, for them to have to carry over and say, like, hey, I am mentally handicapped, I can't be held responsible, which I understand to an extent, but if you're a, a person who could function normally in a day-to-day and he's lived, you know... How many years? How many years? Yeah, he mm-hmm. was 24, I think, at the time. And had a murder. driver's license. And right? had a driver's license. So, so obviously he was mentally competent enough. Smart enough to drive enough. a car. You're smart enough Very, not to yeah. kill people. Um, I think he got kicked out in the eighth grade. Uh, so literally everything I've tried to look up on, on the background, which I don't have the history as well as you and Haley do of looking up everything. <laughs> so literally I've looked on YouTube. I've looked on all, multiple websites. I can't find any history on, on any of them and, and to really go back into it. Besides the fact that Charlie was an honor student and she was just four days shy of being of graduating, you know, and, so she once again was yeah and then even jason he was 19 years old he was still you know they still had a whole future in front of them they still they were engaged you know who knows what kids they could have had what they could have done for us in the world and just because they're young doesn't mean anything miss Teresa, i mean she brings the world around too i mean everyone plays an important part into it and and i like taking he's getting well, a life taken like that is is a waste. It really is, and and a waste for because he was hungry and wanted some frozen meat. Uh, and, and fishing poles. And he had fishing poles. Like so, he already had fishing poles. No, he, he stole them from Jason. That was a waste too. But still, he had fishing poles. He should have just he should have taken that thing and learned how to fish. Apparently, some should have done. Um, but so as of right now, um. Mr. Allison is still being held in Jackson, Georgia, at the prison down there. Um, his cases are still kind of going up his appeals because that's the problem. Uh, you, you know, we hear it all the time with all the podcasts that we listen to. When they go into a death sentence, You'll it's mandatory appeals that they have to go through, and it drags these case, these cases on and on. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was one of Charlie's parents, and it was uh, I couldn't find it either because it was Gene. Dixon, and so I don't know if that's a dad or a mom, possibly. Well, how was so, it spelled? G E N E. Was a boy. So okay, so her dad. Mm-hmm. So and that's what I was leaning to, but I also know that some of them, you know. But either way, her parent was like, "I hope I live long enough to see him killed," and, yeah. and because and to see the sentence carried out, because that will be justice for them. Um, so you know, kind of a, a weird turnabout of it. Um, they moved it out of uh, Ware County because Ware County is small and they don't really have that many murders. So they moved it actually to Chatham County in Savannah mm-hmm. where they have like the highest murder rate probably in the state of Georgia. So, <laughs> but, um, but right now, Mr. Rawlison, he's in Jackson, Georgia, still serving, hopefully getting raped in the ass every day. Um, Charlie and Jason are actually buried together in Oakland Cemetery and Waycross. Right. Um, they have a nice joint, you know, tombstone. Both their pictures were on it. Um, and then Miss Teresa is buried in Green Lawn Cemetery in Waycross as well. So, but 
that's about all I really have for well, that one. Good job. How do you feel about doing your first murder case? I don't feel like I did really well, but I could be very wrong. And I usually, it was kind of the same thing like how I started it, where I found all this information, and then I kind of started writing the story. I didn't have to look back at all my information because I actually remembered it just from writing it down. So, um, what's that? You're not going to make your comment about that. That's insane. I'm not going to make the comment now. I'm not talking anymore. What's the comment? (laughs) About how he's never read that much. Or Um, read that much since high school. Well, I read that much either. I I don't read at all. So that's that's why I looked at YouTube. Can I tell you the funniest story? So before Jordan and I started dating, he decided he wanted to impress me. And I really like to read. And I had the book The Hunger Games. And Jordan's like, oh, I want to borrow it so I can read it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Gave it to him. Didn't think anything else about it. We started dating. I went to his house. The book, The Hunger Games, was there. I was like, oh, did you like it? He was like, oh, I didn't read it. I was just trying to impress you. Yeah. But you know what else I did? <laughs> didn't impress me one bit. You know what else I did? Hmm. I was like, hey, you want to rent a movie? Yeah, let's go rent a movie. Oh, let's get a yeah. Blu-ray movie. Then we got home. I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. The only Blu-ray movie I had, there are Blu-ray players in my bedroom. Yeah. Got to go but it was actually really funny because it was, what, your Xbox? No, my PlayStation. And it was, the movie was 30 minutes or less, and it, like, showed up as the background on his yeah. PlayStation for years. Mm-hmm. No idea how that happened, yeah, but every time you turned the PlayStation on, that little 30 image, minutes or less came on. Yeah. I did it on purpose. This would be romantic. Well, it w- I didn't find that romantic either. <laughs> <laughs> Not impressed, but I'm still married you. Shit. So you got screwed over is what it was. No, I won. I won this. Okay, y'all ready for the the next murder? Sure, sir. Okay. You're so excited. I should really just, like, make this, like, draw out so you can have so much fun. Because I know you're just really No, I'm fun. I thought, in all honesty, I thought y'all would have more questions for me, too. So I'm like, oh, God, I didn't look into it. (laughs) Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about um, the Woolfolk murders. Say it again. The Woolfolk? Woolfolk. Like the wool of a sheep and some folk? Yep. Is that a place? No. It's a person. It's a family. No. But we're going to talk about Thomas. You and your serial killers. Again. (laughs) I love you. Serial killers. I should have got a murder for hire. I was going to say, you didn't do the murder for hire. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Haley. You had the mouth a few times, but it wasn't it wasn't quite up to par yet. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, and what's sad is, is I probably cuss more than either one of them, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. those first couple of podcasts, we couldn't get the cussing out of our mouth. It was like every other word. So your dad has got a hold to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my dad learned how to text. Yeah. Didn't like it. <laughs> Did not like it. All right, so we're going to talk about Thomas. Thomas Wolfolk. Okay. He was born in Bibb County, and we're going way back. You thought yours was going back? No. I'm going back to, he was born June 18th of 1860. Oh, wow. Jesus. Yeah, we're going back. His parents are Richard and Susan. Which and in Bibb County, Georgia, that's like 1700, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so his parents are Richard and Susan, and they actually met in Athens at UGA. Uh, Thomas is the third child um, born to Richard and Susan, but he was the first son. So, so you know what those are? Those sons. Um, but he was the first son. So, you know, in the 1800s, he's getting everything, right? Because he's the boy. Um, his father owned a cotton plantation in Bibb County. 
And not long after Tom was born, his mother actually died. So that kind of sucks. Dang, so a lot of times when... And he was born after the Civil War, too. Yeah. Uh, and a, Yeah. A lot of times when stuff like that happens, the kids will get sent away because the father's too busy. They don't have time to raise them. So he goes to live with his mom's sister, Fannie Mae, or Fannie Moore, in Athens. He actually lived in Athens. So, huh. Sorry. Does anyone name their kid Fanny anymore? Because, like, I we think, will. I think if we name a kid Fanny, they just automatically come out of grandma. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's one of those, like, it's like if you name a kid Jeeves, like, just go ahead and give him a suit. <laughs> They're a butler. They're a butler. From birth, you better figure out how to fold the sheets and, and do dishes and do everything else. Well, if we ever have a girl, I don't care what her name is, we're going to call her Fanny. No, it's Taylor. We're not having a girl named Taylor. We already have a Taylor in the family. So we can't have another one? No, we can't have another We have multiple dicks in our family. <laughs> <laughs> My God. That's what we do. Okay, baby dick. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm the little dick. So special. <laughs> oh, I love y'all. Mm. He's special. Okay. He's special. So Tom goes to Athens to live with his aunt, Fanny Moore. He lives at 716 Prince Avenue. From 1860 to 1867. If you want to know where 1716 Prince Avenue is, the house is no longer there. But it's near Prince Avenue and North Harris Street. And I think it's like right where the Moore Center is, the plastic surgery place. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's there. That's where he lived. In 1866, his dad, Richard, remarries a woman named Maddie. And they have six more kids. So his dad now has nine kids. Um, you know what causes that? Well, I don't know what they did at the time. What well, do we do now? Well, unfortunately, after the war, I need someone to work on the plantation. Gosh. <laughs> we got some kids. Tom leaves Athens and moves back in with his father in 1867. And he often visits his aunt. And the last two times that he comes to Athens, which is March and June of 1887, so when he's 27... Um, his aunt feels like something's not right with him. He's just acting kind of strange. He's really suspicious. He talks and very incoherently. He's carrying a pistol and he's pacing the floor. He's carrying a what? A pistol. A pistol. A pistol. <laughs> I thought I couldn't tell if you said pencil or pistol. He carries a pencil around, <laughs> and his aunt finds he's that not, weird. He's not acting. He's just writing. He's not writing with it. He just carries. He's it. just <laughs> not right. Ting. Um. He. Tom attempts to live on his own, but he fails. He tried to be a farmer and a merchant and just sucked at it. So he moves back in. Oh, wait, I forgot this part. He gets married to a young lady named Georgia Bird. What? Georgia Bur Bird. Georgia Bird. She leaves him after three weeks of being married and says he's the meanest man she's ever met and she's done. <laughs> three weeks. In the 1800s, and she's gone. She's like, like screw it. I'll be shunned. Known before that. Yeah. I don't know, but that's pretty bad. <laughs> so Tom moves back in with his father and his stepmother, and then all of his half siblings. And he lost everything too. Huh? He lost what? like he got a divorce and lost everything. Well, like, he sucks at working. He's not a very good merchant. Uh, okay, or very so good it wasn't farmer. like he lost in the divorce. No. Okay. Um, no, he just sucks. Wait, so, did they even really get divorced? Probably not. <laughs> probably probably, not. probably, she probably just moved back home. She, yeah, she just left, or like he buried her in the backyard. So he was walking around with a pistol, and then he got married. A pencil. A pencil, and then he got married. 
Uh, he may have gotten married before then. I don't know when he actually got married. Okay, so when was it walking around with a pistol? In, in <laughs> March and June of 1887. Not April, May. Not April, May. <laughs> but March and June, just those two months. God. <laughs> Aren't you glad you did this? I'm now? so glad that I invited everybody here. And you wanted him to talk. Yeah, <laughs> I did want him to talking. talk. I really didn't expect him to talk. I expected him to just sit there like, and then say something about it afterwards. I know, it's 2 a.m. It's past my bedtime. It is not 2 a.m. <laughs> if it was 2 a.m., I'd be asleep. <laughs> We'd already be in bed. The dogs already are. Yeah, they're right? already passed out. Yeah. Look, the little tongue sticking out on the one. Right. That's the special one. The old one's the okay, great one. we're listening. Okay, Even Tom moves back in. It's just me and you now, Kayla. It's just me and you. <laughs> Tom moves back in with his father and stepmother and his step-siblings. And his... Stepmother is a little bit worried because Tom hates them so much. She actually goes to her father to seek advice to find out some help. No, it's another thing that just hit me too. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. How do you, so you think you know his dad owns this plantation. He's this old Southern guy, and you know has all these brothers, and it's really big. You know, macho time for men. And then he's like, "Your wife fucking left you after three weeks, and now you moved back with us. Like, how much he's of a pussy are you? Get in the field. <laughs> Get in the fucking field. <coughs> yeah, I need that cotton brought in. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's, well, that's all I picture is like, what is it like now? It's like oh, at yeah. the dinner table. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's talk about a murder. August sixth. Six sixth. <laughs> I'm getting nervous. Apparently, August sixth of eighteen eighty seven. Tom, who was twenty seven at the time, at daybreak, runs to the neighbor's house and says that my entire family has been murdered, and I only escaped because I climbed through the window and made it out without them catching me. Please come help us. Well, the family, like the neighbors, they they rake up the posse. They go get a whole bunch of people and they come back home. But Tom runs back to the house before everybody else gets there. He goes home and when he gets home he says, I heard him leaving. They were leaving through the back door and they ran out the back gate. They slammed the fence gate as they went. He says everybody in the house is dead. He cleans himself up and throws all of his clothing down a well. Because <clears throat> that's what you do. But they'd already noticed that they were bloodstained because, you know, he ran to his neighbor house. So people have already seen him. So in the family, or in the house that are dead, are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people. So Richard Wolfork, who's 54, Maddie, his stepmother, who's 41, Richard Jr., first of all, is the second boy, and he's named Richard Jr., so that's really got to piss Thomas off, don't you think? Like, it's kind of messed up. Well, I mean, obviously, he wasn't that much of a man. Right. Um, his stepsister, Pearl, or half-sister, Pearl, who's 17, Annie, who's 10, Rosebud, who's 7, Charlie is 5, and then baby Maddie, who's 18 months, and then Temperance West, who is Maddie's aunt, who just came to visit. So, she's just there visiting for a couple she of days. a shit day. Right? That's a shit time to go visit. So, the entire family had been killed in their bed, except for the two sons, Richard Jr. and Charlie. They were on the floor in the parents' bedroom. I don't know if that's where they slept or why the hell they were in there. I don't know if people started to get murdered and they ran in there to help. I don't know, but that's where they were. And then Annie was found in front of a window, kneeling like she was trying to escape. So that sucks. 
There is brain tissue, blood splattered all over the walls, the bed, the ceiling, the floor, everywhere. Everything's covered. There's like pools of blood everywhere. Everyone had been struck in the head with, or in the head or the upper body with an axe. The axe is found in the house in one of the bedrooms, and Tom admits, oh, that's my axe. And like people had seen. <laughs> don't worry, I just killed a coyote earlier. That's what all that is on there. Right. Don't don't worry about that. Go look over there. There's a bloody footprint. Let me, in the let me house. go rinse it in the well. <laughs> right with, the with my clothes. With my clothes. I gotta rinse it. That's all the water we got. Sorry. So there's bloody footprints in the house, and Tom's like, "Oh, those are also mine." <laughs> there's specks of blood um, in his ears because okay. you know, and there's a bloody handprint on his leg, and he can't. That was me. Cut myself shaving after all the murdering. Yeah. Nicked it. Got on my hand. <laughs> pants a really good place. I washed it off in the well. I mean, so I'm waiting for the, the bleach, you right. know, and kind of get going. So thousands of people have shown up to this house because it's the 1880s and people have nothing else to do. Word of mouth has traveled and all these people will show up at the house. Literally thousands. And they all say that Tom shows no emotion, has no cares that his family's been killed. Just... Not not normal. Well, he's the meanest person. The meanest yep. person that gets left after three weeks of marriage. So, the investigation finds nothing to say that the house had been broken into and nothing's been taken from the house. So, if someone murdered the entire family and left through the window, somebody let him in or the door went locked. Who knows what happened? There are no other suspects. Like, nobody saw anybody. There's... The footprints are Tom's. No, there's no other says that. Tom, damn, he screwed up the whole crime scene. Walking yeah. through it all. Right. He's just carrying his axe that he just killed the coyote with through it all. I mean, God, <laughs> throwing people off. Right? Just awful. God. So there's no other suspects. So he's quickly arrested. And they actually quietly arrest him and take him through the front door. Because they were worried that the crowd was going to lynch him. Because he's showing no emotion. In December of 1887, the trial's in Bibb County Superior Court, and his lawyer worked for free for him. So it's like a pro bono goes. Um, Tom, in, this time you couldn't go on, you couldn't make a sworn testimony, so he makes an unsworn statement denying that he had anything to do with the murders. But he's still found guilty and sentenced to death on February 10th of 1888. February 11th of 1889, that ruling is overturned by the Georgia Supreme Court, saying that the judge had erred by not stopping spectators from repeating "hang him, hang him" during the case. I feel like I feel like you can't do that. You can't just you can't just scream "hang him." So in July of 1890, on the retrial, the jury took 15 minutes to find him guilty. Something else I read said it took 45 minutes, but either way, it took less than an hour for them to be like, oh, Tom did it. That's kind of just like filling out paperwork. Right? Like, this is pretty opening shut. Right? Right. Did I miss something? Like, all right, let's just be guilty. He's guilty. He's guilty. Yeah. Okay. Like, sign here. (laughs) The closing statements for this retrial took 26 fucking hours. (laughs) 26 hours. Each attorney, the defense and the prosecution, both talked for 13 hours each. I could not be listening to that for that long. Yeah, the judge God. was like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. up. Get it. <laughs> we get it. Okay. It's fine. October 29th of 1890 at 1.30 p.m., Tom, Tom is hung in Perry, Georgia, in front of a crowd of a thousand or 10,000 people. Because that's what you would do. You would go watch those 
things. Bring the kiddos up. Right? Um, they, um, he, you know, makes this little statement and once again pro- proclaims his innocence, saying he didn't do it. He didn't have anything to do with the murder, which really devastated the crowd because they wanted him to, the last minute, be like, oh, I'm so sorry I did, I did it. it. He doesn't die from the fall. Mm. It takes him 15 minutes to die. Oh, at the really? end of the Right? Like, mm. so the 19 victims, the nine family members, are all buried in Rose Hill. Wait, wait hold you on. You said 19. No, the nine? nine? The whole nine. You said, <laughs> okay. You said there are the, 10 more people that he married <laughs> that I didn't tell you about. That's what I was saying. I was like, the 19 victims. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Oh, wait, wait, oh, my bad. Let me go back. No, the nine of them are buried in Rose Hill Cemetery in Macon. Aunt Fanny is buried in Oconee Hill Cemetery in Athens, just in case y'all want to go visit Aunt Fanny. And then Tom is buried. Tom is buried in Orange Hill Cemetery in Hawkinsville. So he wasn't even buried with his family. They were like, fuck that, and buried him. <laughs> With his, well, one of his sisters. <laughs> Obviously with, from birth, because you're like, let's not waste the junior. <laughs> <laughs> right? Let's, let's see what we'll, the next one looks like. We'll figure it out later. But, it might be possible that Tom didn't do it. Uh-oh. So, Simon Cooper is a black man who gets lynched in Maysville, South Carolina. And after he is lynched, they find on his body a book... That claims that he's responsible for the murders. His book reads, Tom Wolfolk was mighty slick, but I fixed him. I would have killed him with the rest of the damn family, but he was not at home. Uh-oh. See, I told you he was killing a coyote with that axe. Right? Damn. And then he in. ran through the house. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then threw all his clothes away. And then goes and cleans up. Mm. So maybe he didn't do it, but he was crazy anyways. And didn't act yeah. rational for it. Or maybe he did. Because Simon was killed. He was actually lynched. Um, so he was killed before anyone found the book and could ask him about it. So either he claimed that he did it, but didn't actually do it, or he didn't. But there's also another person. A man named Jackson DeBose. Who claims that he was present for the murders, but that he didn't kill him. He just watched the murders happen. He was arrested and held for a time, but they later released him after they found that he often lied about being involved in crimes. <laughs> that's, that's a cool habit I have. Just, right? I like getting thrown in jail. Is it like so, is it like that drunk guy from Andy Griffith that always just goes there? He's like, I, I need somewhere to sleep right, tonight. Right, just like so puts just, himself in. I killed those guys too. Thank God. I got some food in the house with <laughs> the bed tonight. But they let him go. He actually gets sent to an insane asylum because who claims that they were killing people or had anything to do with the murder when they didn't have anything to do with it? Okay, and we all know about Lizzie Borden, right? Lizzie Borden took her axe and gave her mother 40 wax and when she told oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. her mother 41. So, like Lizzie, Tom was turned into a children's song in the 1800s. And it was Wolf Oak, Wolf Oak, look what you've done. You killed your family and didn't fire a gun. Well, all right then. Holy shit. Right? So, do you think he did it or not? I, I feel like he did it. Okay. I feel like this is pretty sure, and but that also, which I mean, you can't really do anything about it, but that also kind of goes into how we feel usually about the death sentence, that if for sure you did it, I'll drag you behind my truck to kill you, you know, but if right. there is like, if it's not 100%, like, yeah, you could still be convicted, but it wasn't like, Steve saw him do it, and Steve's on tr- uh, beer now, and then I wonder why he had a little book, bit final. Yeah, and so, yeah, just, and it could just be something to throw him off too. Yeah, it, who knows? I mean, look like the other guy was just like, I'm just, I killed him. 
Yeah. Um, but I want to thank Professor Wilkes of UGA School of Law because he wrote up a whole bunch of stories about this and I like copied it down and told you about it. So, how do you feel about being on your first podcast, guys? That was neat. Yeah. Real feel special that we're your yeah, first guests, so other than your, you know, yeah. significant others. I just come in. And your dogs and, you know, Haley's kids. <laughs> right? I think I Finn is the funniest. Mom, I have to pee! Yeah. <laughs> you see him screaming, running down the hallway. I have to be. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Well, tell them bye. We'll then come back and do it next time. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>